Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is a place just for you. A place that embraces the promise of a warm spring night and a reminder to hurry home on a cool autumn evening. It is a place that exists above and below, where the surreal and sublime dance cheek to cheek. This is a place just for you to sit back and enjoy. Beautiful tales for the disenchanted. Our tale tonight is entitled The Ultimate Chapter 4. Looks like someone was a dirty stop out last night. Robert lurches into the store with his head down, a barely forced grimace revealing his acknowledgement of the comment. He's too busy getting his head around the passing remark from Erica. At first, he was too mesmerised by the way she dropped the bombshell and then drove away, a fitting exit for a femme fatale. If she had been Selena Kyle, she would have delivered a line and then leapt backwards from a rooftop into the shadows of the night. With all the violence and aggression permeating the streets of late, Robert figured Melbourne could use its own version of Catwoman. Once he moved past the style of the exit, he then thought about what it actually meant. Did he really slip a condom on last night for nothing to happen at all? That would explain what he found this morning, but something must have happened, right? He feels a fractured memory rise to the top of his bloated subconscious, his hands devoid of fingers and instead replaced with all thumbs, attempting to roll on the condom to what could be graciously referred to as an almost mast. His next memory is a blacked out vision, but he can remember the feeling of Erica nudging him and saying something. She was obviously checking to see if he was suddenly asleep. He wasn't fully asleep in that moment, but Morpheus had drawn him too far into the land of dreams, to a point where he couldn't return to the land of the waking. He thinks about the shrink-wrapped condom over his wilted penis and feels nothing but love for the woman he has barely met, basically for her being nicer to him than he probably deserved. It has been a while since Robert felt like such a winner. Before Robert can make the safety of the office, Kylie has sidled up beside him, her arms wrapped around his bicep, pulling him in close. He gives her a little side-eye to which Kylie wrinkles up her nose. What? says Robert defensively. You stink. Is there a new peppermint beer-flavoured toothpaste you're trying out? Because if so, it is not working for you. 
You know I can fire you. You do remember I'm the boss. Kylie unwraps herself from Robert and pushes away from him. You're one of the bosses and you're not going to fire me because you love me, she says. Besides, you didn't reply to my first comment, so I guess that means you are, indeed, a dirty stopout. I was trying to ignore you, like most mornings. And no, I didn't have sex last night, said Robert, fudging the truth. He could have explained he was an amateur stopout at best, but that seemed like unnecessary information that would only result in him copping more shit from his employees. Anyway, they'd move on quickly. It wasn't like it was the first time they've seen him arrive at the store looking like hell. Kylie sidles her way back behind the counter, returning to the computer where she was either doing her work or replying to people on all the social platforms she currently used. It constantly drove Greg crazy, but Kylie's blend of honesty and results made it difficult to question her. One night, the two friends had a drink where they came to the sad conclusion two long-term mates will always come to at some point in their life. They were old and didn't quite understand the youth of today. For Robert, it was their ability to multitask. He was amazed watching his staff carry out conversations, do their work, reply to people on social media while eating a sandwich and doodling on a blank page. When he talked to Greg about this, he wondered if the trade-off was a lack of deep thinking, but he never brought this up with the younger people. It would have just been easier to hold up a sign that said, me not get things, if he wanted them to think he was out of touch. Greg just nodded and ordered another round of drinks. In hindsight, it was the perfect response. Don't get too close to robbery, everyone. You'll get drunk on the fumes, Kylie says, running her fingers through her short blonde hair. In the starlight, it looked more platinum blonde than normal. Have you re-dyed your hair? Robert remarks as he continues his journey to the office. Oh, Robbie, thank you for noticing, she replies, flicking away imaginary long flowing locks with the back of her hands. I'm glad someone around here noticed. I saw you applying it last night, a voice suddenly echoes from nowhere. Robert is surprised, but luckily he is so tired he fails physically to react. He looks around the store to work out where the voice came from, so Kylie points to the far side of one of the racks of graphic novels that sits in the middle of the room. Robert walks around and spies Damien on his knees, rearranging the shelves. Hello, Damien. Did I just get you into trouble? Nah, she's just tetchy because I had the audacity to disagree with her about the last Spider-Man movie. Damien finishes placing the graphic novels in their new order and stands up his messy brown hair, looking like it has a new tinge of red in it. Before Robert can remark, Kylie yells to them from the counter, I did Damien's hair too! I called that shade Auburn fucking yeah! Do you like it, Robbie? Can I do your hair too? I can make you look younger, like, I don't know, 50-ish. Robert looks back at Damien, who stands alongside him, his retro Black Panther t-shirt hanging loosely over his thin frame. On the grey t-shirt, the recreation of the old comic book has the Black Panther leaping to avoid a powerful beam of energy that erupts from an alien-looking head. Under the title it reads, Here comes the future, with the power to destroy the present. And then to the other side, The Six Million Year Man. If there is one thing old-school Marvel knew how to utilise to full capacity, it was the power of the exclamation mark. Why does she not flinch when I threaten to fire her? Damien shrugs his shoulders. It's the same when I threaten to break up with her. We have no control in this situation. It's my X-Men mutant ability, the ability to not give five fucks in any given moment, Kylie says. Both men, young and old, look over at Kylie as she blows a big pink bubble with her gum that pops almost on cue. She immediately sucks it back in and smiles before returning to whatever work she may or may not be doing. 
When Greg and Robert first met Kylie, it was over an informal catch-up to see if she wanted to work at the store. When Greg had mentioned he liked her tattoos, especially the yellow Lorax that sat proudly on her collarbone, she told them if she was going to look like a real-life manic pixie dream girl, she may as well fully embrace the role. They both laughed, gave her the job, and then not only looked up what that meant, but then spent the rest of the time together wondering if they'd insulted her by accident. Kylie kept everyone on their toes. Your hair looks really good, Damien, says Robert, turning back to the younger man. Thanks, Robbie, and I don't mean to be rude, but you look like hell. Robert nods and finally makes his way to the office. How can he take offence when it is indeed a fact? He gives the thumbs up to nobody in particular, opening the office door and sliding inside. Behind, he hears the conversation he must have interrupted begin again. And as I was saying before, Peter is super smart and doesn't need a super smart mentor, says Kylie. Yeah, but it has to fit into the Marvel Universe they've created, and if you think about it that way, it makes perfect sense, replies Damien. Robert is about to shut the door completely when the cool of the darkened office suggests he could maybe, just maybe, catch up on some sleep. He checks his phone to see what the time is, does a quick mental calculation that includes when Greg will arrive, and possibly Anissa. He slips his head back out of the office through a tiny crack he leaves with the door slightly ajar. Hey, I love both of you, well Damien more than Kylie, but I need you to understand... I'm going into the office for a little nap, and unless there's an emergency, like Superman arrives or we're attacked by an alien race we don't fully understand, please don't wake me. This is vital information for your continued employment. Robert returns to the office and slides in without turning on the light. He knows where the lounge is, and he settles into the grooves he has spent years moulding to fit just right. He hangs his legs over the edge in the perfect position to be comfortable, but not cut off the blood to his feet. He doesn't want pins and needles ruining this nap. He doesn't want anything interrupting this potential moment of peace. Then, from out in the store, he hears Carly yell out to him, Shut up, Robbie. I know I'm your favourite. Chapter 5. The dream continues. Hey, it's me, Redback, your favourite sidekick. Do you remember? Clad in his red and black costume, thick black webs stretching between his forearms and hips, he stares down at the tattered book as the words appear before him. Behind him, a flash of light awakes the sky before the sound of an explosion, doing it all it can to keep up with the action. He turns and looks down the street just in time to witness a skyscraper crumble into a volcanic plume. Lady Dreamer is helping me bridge the distance between fact and fiction. We need you to remember, says Redback. Before he can say another word, the sound of Glissando's strings fills the air. It is uncompromised and deathly, a deadly tapping at its core. He feels it just might be the saddest music he has ever heard. He tucks the book back into a black and red satchel strapped across his chest and wipes the back of his hand across his thick lips. There's blood on his knuckles, but he doesn't know who it belongs to. From his side, he reveals a chunky handheld gun and fires a cable into the side of the closest building. He needs to get an overview of the city so he can find Calliope. She'll know what to do. She always knows what to do. Wait a minute, he says to himself. From the tiny compartment attached to his belt, he removes two black and red earplugs. He feels the tears begin streaming down his face as he begins to lose focus. He places them as deeply as he can into his ears and immediately feels his determination begin to return. He roars to the skies. It is only a little victory, but a victory nonetheless. Redback attaches the thin cable to his utility belt and uses it to pull him high into the air atop the building. Redback is only a couple of stories above the ground, but he can see in the distance more buildings continue to fall. Dark clouds touch the burning dust that shoots up into the sky. Portraits of destruction stretched across the tumultuous blanket of soot and dirt that barely restrains the visage of the red horizon. He removes the book from the satchel. 
Try to remember me, the lad in the domino mask says. He watches the words appear on the page and curses how slowly they do so. We always save the day, Redback says. We always beat the bad guys. That's what we do, but this... I'm so full of doubt, regret. I feel remorse, but I don't know why. This is how they get you. Please remember, bring back the song. As the metallic war machines made flesh descend perpendicular to time, the boy turns to see Calliope descend and land beside him. She motions for Redback to take out his earplugs, and as soon as he does, that music takes hold of his emotions. He feels the fear and sadness. They've taken the rainbow skater and Captain Vintage is down, Calliope yells above the music. How is the story playing out? It's hard to tell, Redback yells in return. It's just so ordinary. He looks back at the book and cries, come back to us, we need the huntsman. Slowly the world begins to lose focus and with it the sad. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This music begins to fade, reduced to a new rhythm, a metronomic tapping that all at once sounds new but recognizable. If only he could... Chapter 6. Knock, 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 knock. What? Robert calls from the darkness of the office. There's someone on the phone for you, says a voice from the other side of the door. Is that Anissa? Doesn't she start work later in the day? Robert drags the palm of his hand down from his forehead to his mouth and feels how sticky the side of his face is. Has he been drooling? His hand feels wet, so it would suggest he's definitely been drooling. How is this guy single? Ah, tell them I'm working. On what? Um, I don't know, I'm just working on stuff, says Robert. Fuck, I don't know what I'm working on. Being a better person, or not feeling sick anymore, just trying to wake up. Why are there so many questions? Robert's head pounds a deep baseline groove. He's uncertain if he's still hung over or just dehydrated, or both. Robert sits upright and realises that when he ran his hand over his face, he didn't feel the lump from the night before. He runs his hand over where he thought it was, and when he doesn't find it, tries the other side of his forehead. Nothing. Has it gone down already? He's always had a Wolverine-like ability to recover from all manner of damage, including broken bones, hangovers, and debilitating viruses, but this might be a record. Maybe it wasn't that big to begin with, and it only felt worse because of the initial hangover. With scattered thoughts, Robert remembers that he had just experienced quite a vivid dream, but it has already receded to a vague feeling at best. Robert has had a lot of these widescreen, end-of-the-world type dreams lately where everyone speaks with authority and a never-ending supply of exclamation marks. It's like his dreams are produced by the gods of pop culture, Kirby and Lee. He feels exhausted. Robbie! 
Robert sighs. It is definitely Anissa. Yes, Annie. I told her you were working on stuff, but she insisted that if you were working on anything, it was your latest hangover. Pause. It sounds like she knows you quite well. Fuck. That means it could only be one person. Yep, yep, okay, give me just a second. Tell her I'll be a second. I just need some seconds. I'll take the call in here. Another pause. Are you going to take the call out here or in there, says Anissa. In here, says Robert. Okay, no need to be so aggressive. Robert calls out a feeble sorry, but he has a feeling Anissa has already moved on. Robert staggers over to the office door, turns on the light, and then wanders to his table. It is a mess. He looks over at Greg's table, and it's immaculate. His action figures are lined up, his papers are in a neat pile, his computer is set up nicely with an array of expensive-looking graphic novels displayed at the back. Robert looks at his table that is covered in random pieces of paper, has a dirty coffee cup covering one of the many coffee rings, and has so many post-it notes stuck to the computer screen that it takes him a moment to notice the dust that covers the black mirror. He can't even remember the last time he turned on the computer. Greg does the hard work, he just keeps the money rolling in. Robert looks at the flashing red light on the office phone and prays to the new gods that this isn't Christy Caddo. This is Robert. Robert. Christy Caddo. Your manager. Do you remember me? Fuck. Christy, what a pleasant surprise. Are you on another heart bum machine today? Excuse me? Christy laughs, the laugh of a smoker who lights a cigar during an anti-smoking advert. Her voice reminds Robert of a middle-aged Kathleen Turner, a woman who has seen it all and dished it out in spades. Twice divorced because she burnt out two men, Christy finally found a partner on a South American cruise who was so laid back that her intensity just washed over him. In music circles, you either loved or hated Christy, and that's because she's the best. If you're a professional, she's your closest ally, the most loyal person on the face of the planet. But if you fuck her around, well, let's just say the most you can hope for is a clean death. Robert loves Christy, but he knows in the last few years, he's leaned into the unprofessional tag, and that means she could pounce at any moment. Last night, you don't remember? He doesn't remember. (laughs) Of course I remember. She laughs again, and that segues into a mild cough that ends in Christy clearing her throat. Ah, Cut the crap, fuckface, she says. Robert feels like she's smiling when she says it, or at least hopes she is. I told you after the second, or was it the third tequila? Anyway, I told you I was going to ring you to remind you of our conversation. You told me there was nothing to worry about. You would remember the whole thing and then proceeded to introduce me to your new girlfriend by the wrong name. Tequila is Robert's kryptonite. Well, what can I say? I'm nothing if not a barrel of laughs. This time, Christy laughs without the follow-through cough. I'm surprised you're not crippled after the fall down the stairs either. I fell down the stairs? That would explain the lump, the mysterious lump that has also disappeared. Jesus, shit, you don't remember? I thought you hit your head pretty hard, but you bounced to a standing position like you had a jackrabbit up your ass, and you said, hey, I'm okay. And if anything, you sounded mildly sober after your little tumble. For a second, anyway. Ah, you're a fuck up, but I love you anyway. I know you're the only dumb cunt that sent me flowers when Ziggy died. Ziggy was Christy's 17-year-old cat that had outlived both her marriages. A funny little ginger cat with a splash of white fur around one eye, named rather obviously after the album that inspired Christy to get into the music industry. They had bonded over David Bowie after one of their first gigs at the Punters Club back in the mid-90s. Her musical knowledge, even back then, was second to none, and she already had a charisma about her that demanded your attention. 
While his band had been packing their gear away, Christy had approached Robert and pointed out that the beginning of their song, I Know It's Happened To You, had exactly the same opening as Bowie's Moon Age Daydream. When Robert didn't try to deny it, but also offered that the song was named after a line from the Bowie song Stay, an immediate bond was formed. She called him out, he didn't back down, and boom, we have mutual respect. Now Robert was hoping he wasn't wasting that respect. Ah, poor little Ziggy. If it's any consolation, I love that cat too, said Robert. He meant it. Christy liked animals more than she liked most humans. She'd been a vegetarian since she was 16, back before kale and quinoa were invented, back in a time when people wondered if you were a communist because you didn't eat meat. She loved that funny little guy, and Robert didn't think twice when sending the flowers upon learning of her furry friend's death. She pauses for a moment on the other end of the line, barely noticeable she's still there except for the slight exhale of smoky breath. He was the coolest, yes. Anyway, thanks for the flowers. In fact, the flowers are the only reason I'm not nailing you for still not giving me an answer already. Now it was time for Robert to pause. Not for too long or Christy would take this conversation beyond his reach, but enough time to gather his muddled, tequila-soaked thoughts. Yet even with a little breathing space, the thoughts dissipate before they can coalesce into a clear picture of just what she's talking about. He sighs to himself knowing that he has to do what he has to do next. Look, Christy, if we're being honest, always. Well, I have no idea where we left the conversation last night, he admits. Well, that is a shock, Captain Alcoholic. Right, let's get down to brass tacks. Day and the Green have doubled their offer and want you on a lineup with Fanning, Custard, and Cold Chisel. What do you think? What did he think? Great lineup. Obviously, good money. Money that could probably help out some of his old bandmates. His old label wants the band to do something for the 20th anniversary of their album Spiritus Sancti, a possible re release with some bonus tracks from that era that they could promote by doing some gigs starting with this. It's a no brainer. Oh, I don't know, Christy. I'm just not feeling it. Feels like a sausage fest. Isn't Adelita available? From the other end, the long drag of an experienced smoker. Between you and me, she has something else coming up. Look, you know your boys are in. Of course. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, 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 I get that, he says. Pause. You know I'd be fine if they did the gig without me. Cliffy has an underrated voice, always has. He can take lead. Another laugh. Christy is at least in a good mood. Nobody wants to see Dead Fingers tapping with the bloody bass player on lead. You wrote the songs. Everyone knows you wrote the songs. They want to see you, even if you're doing your best Jim Morrison post-Parisian bath impersonation. Well, at least he didn't compare me to Axl Rose. I'm wrapped at Morrison. He hears Christy stand up and begin moving about. She's always on the run. Stuff to do, people to meet, heads to make roll, a world to conquer. Robert, says Christy, look, I love you. Flaws and all, and fuck me, you have a bundle of them. I know where your head's at, I get it, I mean, I totally get it, but let's be honest, I wouldn't come to you with this offer if I didn't think it was a good one. We have a lot of potential here, not just to make a fuck ton of money, but also the potential for you to stop hiding and get back out there. Out where? he asks, genuinely confused. He rubs his hand over his face again, he's not ready for this conversation, he's not certain he'll ever be ready. In good news, the lump does appear to be totally gone. Back into the real world, Christy follows through. You want me to leave the comic shop? No, dickhead. You can keep your overgrown man cave. Nobody gives a shit about that. You're being deliberately obtuse. Go and have a thing. No, go and have a black coffee, a shower, a nice healthy meal. Go home instead of going out and put on the old album. 
Do you still have the purple vinyl edition I gave you a million years ago? Robert knows exactly where it is. His home might be a mess, but within that mess, he knows where most things are. His vinyl collection might be the only thing that has given him any real focus over the past few years. Ah, I think so, he says. You better, that was a limited edition. Anyway, go and find it, listen to it in the dark, smoke a joint if you have to, just do this for me, and let's chat at the end of the week. Robert sighs. He can't say no to Christy, not after all these years. Ah, how about Monday? On the other end, the familiar click of a lighter being flicked on. Sold! I'll even come to your comic shop, and you can take me to whatever shithouse cafe you have nearby. Once Christy locks in, she locks it in. Okay, no worries. I'll see you on Monday. A deep drag in is followed by an exhalation of smoke through pursed lips. Yes, you will. And Robert? Robert scrunches his eyes, closed in anticipation of what might be said next. Yeah? It was nice seeing you last night. Thank you for joining us. You're always welcome here. Remember to avoid danger with strangers and never accept advice from mice. We hope to see you again here soon. Until then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.